0: Welcome to today's study with Pastor Rick, reaching thousands around the world by radio and online, Pastor Rick provides answers to the challenges of everyday living. Hi, this is Pastor Ricky Temple. I am so glad you're with me today. This is one of my favorite things to do in all the world, teach the scripture. And so I want you to sit back, get ready to enjoy a practical walk through the word of God that will help you in some practical areas of your life. You know, when you get through with the cat, the dog, and all the things you're dealing with, it can be really tough. But I believe that when you open God's word, it helps make your day better. So enjoy today's study. It will help change your life. Enjoy. If your your financial life was a river... The question is, how well does your river flow? If you notice in the graphic, we've got a river with money in it, dollar signs, and some of you said, that's exactly what's happening to my money, it's going up the river. How can you reroute the river? What can you do to change this life you're not living? Because when you look in the mirror, this is not what you imagine you'd be. This is not the place you dream to be. What can you do to change that? Well, I'm going to give you. some ideas. And I want you to think about, for a minute, just imagine, what if you didn't have credit card debt? What if you didn't have a mortgage debt? What if you didn't have, name the debt, name the debt, name the debt? Just imagine that when you got paid, you really have the power to control and to have control of your money. Now, I want to summarize for you in this month five adjustments that can reverse or reroute your financial river. Five things. How many things did I say? Five Five adjustments, okay? Now, there are other things you can do, but these are the five I'm going to talk about this month. The first thing is I want you to adjust what you believe. You have to adjust what you believe. Your belief system affects everything, and that's what I'll talk about today. We'll spend all of our time on talking about adjusting what you believe. Secondly, we'll talk about next week adjusting what you sow. Say it with me, please. Come on. Adjusting what you sow. The word sow means plant. What you plant, what you give. You have to adjust that. We will focus in this month on one main verse, Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Now, the reason I've chosen this verse is because, I mean, there are a lot of verses I could have chosen, but this one just kind of takes me where I need to take you. It it forces us to think about uh, what we do in life and how what we do in life affects what we get in life. And you'll see more about that in just a moment. Thirdly, adjust your management habits. Please come on. Adjust your management habits. I love this. Teamwork is better work. Say that, come on. Teamwork, if you work alone with your money, you're probably not going to do as well as a person who works with somebody. It's teamwork. You're married, you try to work your money, his money, you're going to be a broke family. You will always struggle, you'll always argue over money, you're never really going to have an advantage because your money, my money, and we play games, who's got the most money. It's when we are open and honest and transparent. I have learned this, and I'll talk about my testimony about this and how you know I've done well, God's been good, I've worked hard. But if I could go back and tell myself, I said, Temple, come on now. Put it all on the table. Put it all on the table. Don't try to save the day. Don't be the hero. Just let's talk openly. I love, you know, planning vacations, and I've just planned a vacation. And she just found out where we go. I mean, she would be a part of it, but I like to surprise her. She thinks she's getting get in the regular room, it's going to be a double suite and I want to see the wow when they walk in. That's my high. Wow. Diane, how much that cost? Shoo. Listen, here's what you can do for me. And see, I thought that was a negative spirit. <laughs> I wanted the wow. And, I'm, and we had some great vacations, some great times. But in hindsight, I now see the wisdom of sharing the burden. Because if there's a financial consequence later on and you're upset about it, well, you didn't tell me. You know, and then you're suffering alone. And a lot of guys do this all the time. You're suffering alone. If you just let them know, just put it on the table, and just, just lay it out. I mean, I, I was, I was, I said this someplace else. I was teaching the other day. I said, look, if you're married and your wife, you know, wife asks you a question, say, "Where is the money?" Just tell it. I spent it all, baby. <laughs> it's all gone. Put it out there. You know, okay, I know that's hard. Hey, but at least you're starting from an honest place. And I I just can't tell you enough about that. I'll come back to it in in our third teaching. Number four, adjust your money routines. Come on. Adjust your money routines to match your money goals. To match your money goals. You're supposed to read with me. Ready? Say it again. Come on. Say adjust your money routines to match your money goals. That's how you do it. That's right. You got to match them. You have a goal, but your routines don't say you have that goal. You're trying to save, but your routines don't say you're saving. There's nothing in your life that says it. My challenge was to align those two, and I'll come back to that later. And then the last one, adjust your comfort level when you have money discussions. Say that with me, please come on. Adjust your comfort level when you have money discussions. How comfortable is it for you to talk about money? For a lot of people, it's uncomfortable. And for me, there was a season when it was uncomfortable, and I'm learning to be more comfortable. But <clears throat> I've just learned that I have to be willing to do that. I have to be willing to have money talks. Now, if, if, if that's clear in your mind, let me get you to look with me, if you'll please. Now, this is important. You ready? I got to get you to turn your notes over. Ready? I'm cheating. Okay? I am cheating. I want to read a verse to you, and I want you to hear the bottom line goal of the verse is to get you to plant differently or sow differently. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10. The focus is to get you to believe something. If I get you to believe this, I'll change your actions. If I don't get you to believe this, it's over. What you believe affects everything. And so that's what I want to focus on. I want to read the verse before I go back and do a test, okay? Here's what he says in verse 7. Paul talking to the Galatian church that's going off the tracks. They are making decisions. They're starting to believe things that aren't true and aren't healthy. In chapter 1 of Galatians, he says, if I or an angel from heaven come to you with any other doctrine, ignore them. And then at the end of the book, he says, do not be deceived. Look at that in verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Pause there. Look at the pastor for a second, please. God does not want you deceived. It is my argument that a lot of us make the choices we make because we're deceived. When it comes to money, when it comes to finances, we have been conditioned And we believe things that are not healthy are true. All you have to do is look at your life result and it tells you that it's not true. You have been deceived. He does not want you to be deceived. Here's what Paul says. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Read that with me, please. Come on. Listen now. The one who sows to please his sinful nature. If you, just, if you just plant things and do things to make yourself feel good. And I love the term he uses, sinful nature. Sinful nature, take the word sin for a minute. I was talking to somebody this week, and I told them to do this, and put it to the, it to the side and just say, that's bad for me. Putting my hand in fire is bad for me. And if you saw me about to do it, you said, Pastor, that's bad for you. It's going to hurt. That's what a sin is. It's something that's bad for you. It's just some things that are just bad for you. Stealing is bad for you. Lying is bad for you. It's just bad for you. It's bad for you emotionally. You look in the mirror, you know you're not truthful, you're not honest, you know you're deceiving people. It's just bad for you. And when, you, it, when you're honest and you look at yourself, there are some things that are fun, but they're sinful, they're bad for you, and it's natural for you to do it. He said when you follow the pleasures of your sinful nature, he said it's bad for you. It's just not good. If you plant those kind of things, you reap them. Look at verse 8 again in Galatians chapter 6. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap what? Eternal life. So let us not get weary, that's the challenge, in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and so on. So please note that there's this incredible promise here that says, if I... Plant or do things that are good for me, I'll have a good result. Go down to the Message Bible version I put there for you just so you can see this. I love the Message Bible because it just says it. Don't be misled. No man, no one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, read that with me please, come on. What a person plants, watch this now, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds, all he'll have to show for his life, this is so profound, all he'll have to show for his life is weeds. Looks in the mirror and he sees nothing but weeds. Worked all my life and were, we're, we're weeds. Looks at his checking account, weeds. Look at his life, weeds. Relationships, weeds. Job, we, everywhere he looks, this is not what I planted. This is not what I thought I planted. But if you could just for a moment backtrack with me and make an assumption, if you look at the pastor again, Make an assumption. Assume that everything in your life right now is something you planted. Just assume that for just a moment. No, pastor, he broke my heart. Who chose him? Who chose him? Who fell in love with him? Who, who, who? Well, look at my money. my money. OK, who spent it? God did not sign one check. And you sure didn't write many to him. How about an amen? Not that many. I mean, a few here and there, but it's a tip, you know, dollar, two dollars, five dollars, whatever. It's not it's not an intentional tithe or gift or that's a whole nother conversation we'll do with later. But I want you to pause and think with me for a minute. If, If I can for a moment, if I believe that this is somebody else's fault, I won't respond to it the way I would if I thought it was mine. Do you believe? See, I told you the first thing we have to deal with is what you believe. And I argue that a lot of us have been deceived. If I am honest and say what I believed has not worked out for me, this is not who I wanted to be when I looked in the mirror. This is not where I wanted to be. So then what works? A different harvest. The powerful thing about all this is everything in my life can be changed by planting something new. Everything. Now, it may take a few minutes, Exodus 23 28, 29, I love the verse. Exodus 23, here's why I love it. I'm not going to give you the land he told Israel in one day. Little by little, I'll give it to you. There's a moment in your life when you stop the train and you say, I need to change my life. I don't like where I am. I don't like the way things feel. I can change everything by replanting, starting the day. You have to pause and say, I need to take charge of my life and analyze what I believe, and if it's wrong, I need to change my beliefs. Back to the front of your notes, would you please, for a minute. I have questions I want to ask you, two questions, that will help you analyze what you believe, specifically about money. That's what we're talking about today. Ready? Do you believe all debt is okay if you can make the payments? See that that is where a lot of us if we're honest that's that's the way we've been conditioned in this culture. We've been conditioned to not pay cash. That was not true before 1970. And 1980 it really got it really went through the roof. Back in the 60s, 50s, 40s, when you bought something, really even in the 70s, early 70s When you bought something, you normally put it on layaway. You remember that term? If you wanted to buy this table, you couldn't go, if you didn't have the cash, there was no credit card you could go use. These companies exploded in the 70s and especially the 80s, and everybody that breathed got a credit card, even a few dead people. And the credit cards, the credit cards became this pocket way to spend money. You used to have to go to the store, take the table, pick it out, and then they would pick the table up physically and put it in a storage room, put your name on it, and you pay, You pay, pay on it over time. And, and you would get, uh, every week, sometimes you'd go by Sears or go by J. C. Penney's, and you would pay on your table. And you tell people, I got me a table on layaway. You know? layaway. <laughs> Boy said, woo, that night. Nice. God is blessing you. You got a table on layaway? I'm like, yeah, I got two more payments, man. That, two more payments. And you go by, get in line. You remember that? Get in line and make the payment. You didn't hardly mail it in. You went by, man, and you paid that, because you were proud to make that payment. And that last payment, you went there with your friend's truck and got the table. And, and get, I'm going to give him a table. You know? Last payaway. What did I say, payaway? <laughs> Lay away, don't mess with me, I'm preaching hard. Anyway, so, <laughs> so you know, you, 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 now, now it's not like that. And here's what they, they discovered. They discovered that you like things right now. And I want you to say something to me, with me that's hard to say, but I want you to say it with me, please. Say, they are, they are. Smarter, than I am. smarter than I am. They are. They studied you. They put you under a microscope. They know what you will do. That's why they give you six months, uh, same as cash, because they know you won't pay it off in six months. They've done studies, 80% of you will not pay it off, and the interest will accrue, and they'll hit you with the interest on the s- six month and one day. <laughs> they're gonna pay, you. no, it's, it's no lose for them. They've already jacked the price up, they, they got a margin in there, and they're not gonna lose any money. They design it to make money. I'm not against that, but I'm saying, I've learned that they're smarter. The credit card system is designed to trap you. There's no way you're gonna beat it. You're not, if you understand compound interest the way interest compounds, Mathematically, you can't beat it, especially if you're paying 18, 20%. You can't beat it. Making the minimum payment, that's why the government made them put at the bottom of your credit card statement, go look at it. If you make the minimum payment, you'll be paying this to 20, you're 24, for 24 years. So you'll be 44, you 20 year olds, before you finish paying for your iPad, a <laughs> <laughs> few shoes. There's something about understanding what I'm signing up for. And if you are a person who's accustomed to that, you in many ways have a belief system that is not workable long term. So that's the first question. Here's the second question. This is a test. Do you believe, just testing out your beliefs, do you believe to focus on building cash in your home, ministry or business is a wrong Christian focus? It is so ironic that a lot of people struggle with focusing on, building cash, building money. They have a hard time. And a lot of churches, they teach you to give, but they never talk to you about how you could build wealth for yourself. And, and then pastors are under a lot of pressure to, oh, see, that's what I don't like about that. He's going to talk about money all oh, month. I ain't going to church. Well, stay home, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Stay home if you don't want God to bless you. How many need a financial blessing? All right, if you don't raise your hand, Lord, don't bless them in Jesus' name. How many of you need a financial blessing in your life? You need some cash. Amen. Praise God. That's why I'm talking about it. I'm not just talking about this because I want to talk about it. I'm trying to talk about it because I think, I think it would change your life. And I think that if, if, if we think it's a wrong Christian focus and it's wrong for me to talk about it, like some pastors think, that I shouldn't do a four-month or a three-month. I mean, come on. Let people ha- hear a fair, honest, unbiased, non manipulative summation of what the Bible says about money. Jesus talked about it all the time. Farmers, when he talked about farmers. Those were business people. They were in business to make money. Sheep herders, they were, they were, sheep was their business. He talked about things that people understood. And it was a challenge then, and it's a challenge now. But if you believe it's wrong, like I did subconsciously, you will, you, will, you will fend off the discussion. And here's what will happen. If your family believes it's wrong to talk about it, if your family believes it's wrong to focus on improving your finances and building cash, if they think it's wrong, you will never do it together, and you will never succeed as a group. You will never join together. That's why some ministries will never be able to do what they want to do because the people in the church don't have a healthy attitude towards it. So they can't talk about tithing and the power of pooling resources. That's what the tithe is about. God says let's bring all of our tithes to the storehouse. Let's all join together. Let's pull cash together and then as we do, God promises to bless those who give. I'll talk about that next week. But there's something that happens when people understand the power of giving. But here's the balance. How do you, and I'll talk about this next week too, how do you as a person, balance giving to God and saving. I believe God is committed to both. God wants you to have a, a consistent plan that gives you both, the ability to honor God and yet have some resources for yourself. Now, again, sorry, flipping us back over again. I apologize if you're here. <laughs> Power of notes, right? Here we go. Galatians 6 and 9. My goal is to help you do what? Stay engaged. The problem with people is, okay, I get you to believe something, but you're not consistent with what you believe. Your actions aren't consistent. I love this statement in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. He says, so let us not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. Once we change our belief system, let's stay with it. Let's really get to the place that we are no- not going to live this way. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop. At, I love that. At the right what? Time. Well, harvest a good, time, a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Now, let me just pause and say this. I often say something recently that's been interesting to me. I am glad God did not give me all of the money he wants me to make in my life early in my life. I would have wasted it. I would have given it to the wrong people, invested in the wrong things. And some of you would have went out and bought stuff you don't, don't need now. And so it's good that God delayed some of your money. But now that you're you're at this place, if you can change your belief system and start planning different things, take on a different attitude, it's safer for God to give you more resources because you'll manage it differently. When I first started pastoring, I wanted to have a big church. That was a bad decision. I didn't need thousands of people. We have 3,000 some members now. I didn't need this many people when I started because I didn't understand. I needed to grow. I needed to understand. There's a lot of things that come with time. And my attitude had to adjust. My belief system had to adjust. I was deceived by all kinds of stuff. I was sincere. I, God's grace. I survived my madness. Hallelujah. By God's grace. My credit score's still good. God, God's grace. But I'm telling you, I, 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 I really could have easily have been a victim and in some ways was victimized by things that I believed that wasn't true. Let me give you, if I can, five things that I personally believe about my financial river. And, these, and I'm going to use the word cash. And I'm going to use it five times. So can you say it one time? Say cash. cash. Now, I hope it doesn't bother you. I hope they don't feel fit. He said cash, 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 cash. I pray God blesses you with cash, cash, cash. You like that prayer, don't you? Uh huh. Yeah. Here you go. Number one, cash in your river, not credit, gives you the power to set the pace for your life. Cash it gives you power to set the pace. How much you work, how many hours you work, all that's set by the cash you have. If you have money, you can slow down your work pace. You don't have to work as hard, double time, overtime, triple time, full jobs, and all that kind of stuff. The lack of cash causes this, not credit. Credit is, is uh, a nice thing to have, but it's not what you need to focus on. You don't, you need, if you focus on just building your credit, watch it. Because that's money you're going to owe somebody for the rest of your life. Number two, credit in your river, credit in your what? River, can hijack the pace of the controls and the controls to your life. Credit hijacks you. Look at my hand for a second. These, this is a steering wheel. Credit does this. It, it, it can jerk your life. You better pay me. you late. You're always looking in the mail to see what you got to pay that month. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Open the light bill. Jesus, Jesus. (laughs) Or or, or, or if you have a credit card that has fluctuating payments, you don't know what you're going to have to pay. You're you're, you're controlled by that credit. You don't want that. You want to change that. And the way to start that is to start today believing another way to spend, believing in another way to do it. Number three, cash in your river gives you the power to choose. Say that Please come on. Cash in your river gives you the power to choose. You can say, any me, money, mo, I wanna work here, or there I go. You can choose where you work. If you get laid off, you're not worried about it. Everybody else is falling out, you go on vacation. Because you have cash. You're not worried about not working for three months or six months because you have cash. You're okay. It's when you understand that, it's when you understand that, that it changes everything. Number four, Cash in your river gives you the power to serve without a selfish motive. I don't have anything up my sleeve. I have no ulterior motive when I try to sell you something because my cash is strong, so I don't have to manipulate you in a sales deal in order to get this sale because I'm okay if you don't buy it. So I become more honest. I can be more honest with people. It affects, for a lot of women, let's me, ladies, you plug into this, you won't marry just anybody. How you doing? He fine. He got a job where well, he work. Oh, that's God's will. That's God's will right there, honey. If he a little ugly, we'll do the we'll fix him up. Okay. What he make? Three hundred thousand a year? Jesus said yes. Jesus said yes. <laughs> what? Guys know that. Guys know that. Guys, guys aren't crazy. They know. He can be ugly as a sack with no no head. It don't matter. We'll paint him. We'll fix him up. We'll get a tie, whatever. 300000 is what he has a year. <laughs> Shoot. If you're not careful, that becomes your motive, ladies. You got to be careful about that. Guys, you got to be careful. You pick your friends based on what they make. When you have your own money, it changes everything. It changes how you interact with people. Number five, cash in your river gives you the power to tell the truth without fear. You sow differently, you plant differently, you act differently. And that's why I want God to bless you so that you have the power to make decisions and power to change the world. Next week, I'm going to talk about adjusting what you sow. Now, I'm going to deal with two big questions. Does what I give have a direct effect on what I receive? I believe it does. But I'll talk about that next week. And then number two, do I, how do I balance my church giving and personal savings? And I just don't think we talk enough about that. God wants you to have money. God wants you to have resources. So think about what you believe. It's going to change your life. Did I help you today? Come on. Did I help you? I hope so. Well, it's been a race for you. You have run hard this week, but at least I hope this message break helped you. Sometimes you need to just sit back, take your shoes off, calm down and rethink life. Don't get frustrated and let all the things around you get you rattled. Just stay focused. You know, I believe that you can make it. I believe that because you've made it so far. So stay focused. Trust God. See you next time. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Pastor Ricky Temple. Watch more encouraging messages from Pastor Rick at www.rickytemple.tv. If you'd like a copy of this message, click on the bookstore tab at rickytemple.com, where you can watch Pastor Rick live and get information about our ministry. Join us next time for another uplifting message.